0: All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the Starting Eleven podcast. My name is Emilio Pena. I'll be your host. I've got Morgan Freeland, Grant Rowland, and Evan Alvary here today. We're here to talk about some football, of course. First on the board, we're going to talk about the Barcelona game this weekend. They took care of Atletico Madrid 1-0, further moving up in the rankings at La Liga. Grant, what were your thoughts about your boys? How'd they do?
1: Uh, let's see. So we had a midweek game in the Copa del Rey against Inner City. Um, That game, we started a pretty decent lineup and barely edged out the win 4-3, which was kind of disappointing. We were caught out on the counter a lot, Uh, Sol de Vea, on inner city had a hat trick against us and despite us dominating possession and typical Barcelona style, having 29 shots, 10 on goal, uh, we were just very like not convincing. Uh wasn't too happy about that rolling into the Atletico game. But at the what is it, Stadio Wanda Metropolitano, I think is the name of it. Yeah. Um yeah, I think we played well. We had a really good lineup. I was kind of scared the way Atletico play without Lewandowski in there scoring goals for us, where the goals would come from Uh, We have a lot of dangerous players going forward, but that final ball, whether it's passing for an assist or actually scoring the goal, doesn't seem to come from anywhere except Lewandowski. But thankfully, Pedri had a nice run kind of carving up the Atleti defense and uh, yeah, had a ball into Gavi, uh, bodied off the defender, laid it off for Dembele for a goal. Yeah, we had 10 shots on target that game to Atletico's 20, which is kind of crazy considering the way Atletico play, and two of our shots on target to Atletico's 5, so kind of expect that game to possibly end in a a draw, but it was a big three points because Real Madrid dropped points this weekend to Villarreal, but overall, I mean, we have 35 goals in the league, six conceded best defense in the league, second best offense and as far as goals scored, uh, one behind Real Madrid with uh, 36 goals, and Mark andre Ter Stegen, big comeback year for him. He's been shaky the past year and a half, two years. Has 12 clean sheets in the league this year in 16 games, which is pretty impressive. And I'm sure you guys all saw, to uh, cap it off, Ferran Torres got in a fight with Savage. That was pretty oh, funny. Awesome. I saw some memes saying uh, bad, that was the fight for the most mid-Manchester City player. So <laughs> uh, that was funny. <laughs> (laughs) but yeah uh really happy with the result that's a tough place to play and definitely redeemed herself after that uh kind of weird disappointing copa del rey game yeah you
2: think the way way that Ferran torres is pulling on savage's hair we caught him in the bedroom or something that dude was trying to snatch his wig man (laughs) he needs to score goals
1: like where's that fight (laughs) in the box (laughs) shooting dog i need that that's all it was yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh and some other news, because it's January, transfer window finally open. I think this is the first podcast where it's been open. I wish I had news for Barcelona, but Laporte came out and said we're signing nobody. That's what uh like <laughs> $800 million in debt gets you, so... It's going to be tough uh, relying a lot on Lewandowski for some goals here. So hopefully, no more suspensions. Very relatable. While you guys didn't sign anyone, it looks
0: like Atletico Madrid is getting rid of one of their <laughs> pricier players. Is that
1: right? Joe Felix? Yeah. Yeah. To Chelsea. All, all but confirmed. <laughs> uh, another Chelsea, not pure number nine, weird, kind of like false nine striker that's just not going to work out. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. uh, dude, Chelsea, Chelsea's transfer strategy is so weird, man. Like, they literally just throw anything at the wall and hope it sticks.
1: Yeah, their transfer policy is panic buys. <laughs> literally. That's, and that's it's like all early these... in the window. What are you panic buying like, well and 90? they've already
2: they've they've literally bought like what, like four or five players already? I know and I I heard there. that they're they're trying to gear up to go for Madweke as well. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they just buy a whole new team every window.
1: It's so <laughs> weird. Please, stocker God, let Christian Pulisic just free him from <laughs> they're not going to get rid of him. Though. North
3: London. Yeah. I I was actually surprised to see Joe Felix going to Chelsea. I mean, I, I don't think Chelsea was on the list of the clubs uh, because we knew he wanted to leave or I mean, uh, Madrid wanted to get rid of him. But I, I don't remember seeing Chelsea on the like the potential list of uh, destinations for Joe Flick. So I was kind of surprised to see him going uh, in Chelsea. Question for Evan on that.
1: Given, so I guess he came out and said the reason why he chose Chelsea, I guess manchester united was another suitor like there was another club uh he chose chelsea because he was interested in the project if you're Zhao felix like what project are you interested in like mm-hmm. even if they had like Tuchel, cool still that system just does not suit a player like that he likes to play what are you doing going to chelsea and they're about to yeah. sack grant
3: potter anyways man <laughs> yeah so like <laughs> You know, I don't know. You know, we got. It's it is true that when you see like you mentioned Manchester United, when you see like the recent situation in Manchester, it doesn't really you know give you, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the will to go in Manchester. Obviously, because you might think that this might go wrong about you know because of the coach or like the general atmosphere in the in the team. But it is true, as you said, you know, when you see the project of Chelsea that is not working, uh, you know, you might give a shot to Manchester because maybe they'll get better in the in the next few months and. It is true that you know Chelsea is not in the in the greatest of the forms, and as you say, you know the project is 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 kind of not working. So, yeah, I I don't really understand you know the choice of going to Chelsea. Let's pivot to this, Evan.
0: You've been following the French league a little bit. Anything yeah. notable that you wanted to discuss today?
3: Yeah. So we had uh so since the last podcast where we talked about the Boxing Day Premier League, we had uh two uh match day of uh League One, so match day sixteen and seventeen. Uh, so, match day 16, we had first of all Paris who won a very close game against Strasbourg. It was uh, like very close. Uh, it's Kelly Mbappe who scored a winning goal uh, very late in the game. So, it's a relief win for Paris because they were only like two or three points away from the second, uh, which is RC Lens. So, obviously, uh, you know, a very much needed win after the World Cup uh, for the first game of the. New year, even, even though it was uh, uh, still in December. And then we had also an important win for Marseille, won 6 1 against Toulouse. Uh, important win because they are only four points away from land second. Uh, so if Marseille managed to move up to the second place, uh, it would mean that they would qualify uh, directly for the Champions League. Uh, they would not have to go through uh, the qualifying uh, games. So, obviously, Marseille is looking for that second spot. I don't think they can reach PSG because they almost have like 10 points uh, difference with PSG. But Marseille is definitely on the run for the second spot. Uh, so, that's it. Like, for the match day 16, uh, or the main uh important games Uh, but then on match day 17 we had uh, a good surprise which is uh lance who's bit who who beats paris 3-1 so this is very important because as i said you know lance is only four points away from paris and you know obviously winning against like other title contender and your rival in the title race it might be these might be three very important points for lance at the end of the season who knows so very important win um and then uh also so I've talked about Toulouse against Marseille they won 2-0 against uh Ajaxo so this is uh important because Toulouse is fighting for not being uh in the relegation place uh so every point is welcome for Toulouse because they want to try and you know get away from that relegation zone uh so important win especially after you know after losing 6-1 uh, mentally, it might be tough to lose 6-1. So, winning again a few days after you know being beaten 6-1, it's uh, important for uh, you know mentally. And then uh, no no really other uh, important losses or win. So basically on the table we have uh, PSG and Lance on top, uh, four points difference. Marseille a little bit behind. Uh, four points uh, behind lines and almost 10, as I said, uh, beyond PSG. Uh, and then it's very close for the Europa League race. So currently it's Rennes sitting on the four spots, which is the direct qualification for the Europa League. And they have only one point. They're only one point ahead from from Monaco and Lorient, who are in the qualifying zone for the Europa League. So that mid table is, is super close. There is so many clubs that can... Uh, pretend to Europa League spot and even Champions League spot spot, uh, who knows and then obviously also some uh, teams fighting for uh, the relegation Uh, again it's very close so uh, the first team that will be relegated which means the 17th spot has only 4 point differences with the the 13th place which is huge because there's like 4 or 5 teams that can be inside the relegation zone in in 2 or 3 weeks so uh, you know, a fight for the European places and also a fight for not being relegated in in Division Two. So that's it for the two previous match days of League One.
0: There was also some some transfer rumours going on with uh, Bayern Munich. You said correct.
3: Yeah. So as you may know, unfortunately for Bayern Munich and uh, for me, a fan of Bayern, <laughs> uh, Manuel Neuer uh, got injured while skiing. He broke his leg, and which means end of season. And that means that Bayern uh, will have to run uh, so far their second goalkeeper, which is Wendell Reich. Uh, and he's not very good, we uh, have to be honest, uh, because obviously he's not playing a lot when you have Moyer. Uh, so Bayern is looking for uh, a new goalkeeper, at least for the next six months, so they can replace Moyer with a quality goalkeeper. And... So we've heard we've heard many names, uh, some Bundesliga names and some uh, Premier League names, but only you know weird rumors. But there is one serious rumors, is that uh, Bayern might be looking for Kevin Trapp from Frankfurt, uh, who previously <laughs> played uh, in Paris. So this is like the main. Apparently, goalkeeper that is looked at uh, for Bayern uh, to replace Manuel lawyer in the next six months, uh, <laughs> and then there is also rumors about uh, a man that many people discovered during World Cup who plays for France, which is Randall Colomani. Uh, he had an amazing walk-up. He's currently playing in Frankfurt, and there is many Stryker. many clubs that are apparently yeah striker. There is apparently many many clubs that are looking at him, so we don't really know if he's going to be transferred right now this winter or if, he, if he's going to wait this summer. But Bayern, as always, when there when there is a good player in Bundesliga, Bayern is looking at him. So we'll see uh, if he chooses to go to Munich and when. And one last thing about Bayern, they've signed uh, Danny Blind to replace uh, Lucas Hernandez, who has been injured uh, during the World Cup, uh, because without Hernandez, uh, Bayern doesn't have a proper left wing. Uh, So they've signed uh, the experimented uh, Netherlands, uh, Danny Blind, to replace him at least for the next six months. Interesting. Is there any
0: other transfer window news that we're missing? I feel like we talked about a lot of it already, whether it's today or in previous episodes. Um, Is this January window just not necessarily as eventful per se?
2: Yeah, January window typically isn't isn't as eventful as the summer window. Uh, There are some quality signings that do happen in the January window. Like, for instance, last January, um, we Tottenham signed Dan Kulisevsky and Rodrigo Bentancourt from Juventus. And those those both turned out to be very quality signings. So there's usually not as much action in the January window, just because like it's it's like in the middle of the season, and a lot of players aren't really looking for moves away. Uh, so summer typically is where most of the real big business get
3: business gets done. Generally, the the winter transfers uh, they sign uh, free contracts for the upcoming summer, which means they sign the contract uh, in January, but the players <laughs> will only join the team in summer. And yeah, generally, the winter transfer is more for like. You know, looking for transfers for this summer. It's more about talking with players, looking at who can be signed in the next summer. But as uh, Morgan said, you know, there's not really big transfers happening in winter.
0: Now, Morgan, you had mentioned uh, that Tottenham had recently had some acquisitions take place in the January transfer window. What's the update on Tottenham? We missed you last week during the episode, so we didn't get a chance to catch up with you. So, we need that weekly Morgan update.
2: Yeah, so uh, few, a few few interesting bits of news going on with Tottenham at the moment. So first of all, our last game against Crystal Meth FC, absolutely smacked them up. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really stand a chance, which, you know, it's good to see a result. Like, I think it was 4-0 we beat them, and that was amazing to see. Although at the same time, I'm not super impressed. If, I, if they really want to impress me, then we need to get a result against Arsenal, which is definitely a tall order, but there may there may be a chance there may be a chance we, we might be able to walk away with a draw and i'd be happy with that but obviously a win is ideal if we can if we can slow down arsenals their their complete like domination if we can slow it down even just a little bit i'd be happy with that um we are looking at some potential signings this January, although it's not looking very likely at all. Pedro Poro, a right wing back from, I believe, uh, what is it? I think um, Sporting Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon, it is. Yeah, we're looking at getting him in, which would be a really great upgrade on our right wing back position. Because as of right now, we have Emerson Royale, who, you know, bless his heart, you know, he 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 definitely gives us all. Gives his all for the club, but unfortunately, his all just isn't good enough. So we're looking to offload him uh, either this January or definitely in the upcoming summer. We do have Matt Doherty, who is, he? I mean, I like Doherty a lot. Uh, every time he's played, he's put in a really good performance. Um, for whatever reason, we got Jed Spence as well, who was in the championship uh, uh, team of the year last year before we signed him on. And he has barely gotten any playtime whatsoever. Uh, so I'm not really sure what the deal is with that. It's very frustrating to see a player with as much potential as he has not getting any play time at all, because I feel like he's just kind of wasting away on the bench. I trust Antonio Conte. I'm thinking that if he probably Jet Spence probably wasn't a player that Antonio Conte wanted to bring into in the first place. And I'm thinking that might be a reason as to why he's not playing him as to kind of make a statement to the owner saying like, look, like I didn't really want this guy. So I'm not going to play him like as simple as that, you know, but, uh, Potentially some some brighter days ahead. Um, apparently, uh, Daniel Levy has been traveling to Qatar at the turn of this new year, meeting with uh, Qatar Sports Investment. Uh, apparently, they're looking to uh, partially invest in Tottenham. Now, the club did come out saying that there is no truth to that whatsoever. But of course, they're going to say that because why would they just be open about their their inner business dealings like that? Um, so, you know, if there is truth to that, I think that would be it, it, it's a it's a bit of a of a tough one to speak on just because you know if I'm speaking from a morality standpoint, do I want Qatar to invest in my club? given all the um, all the uh, drama that kind of surrounds like you know starting this last World Cup and all that it, it's a bit tough, but on the other hand, I mean you look at what you look at what you know like the the money has done for clubs like Manchester City and Newcastle, even Newcastle, they're looking like they're going to be strong contenders for a top four spot and it's all happening after they get this this investment from these billionaires that you know come from overseas so if that's what needs to be done for us to help stay competitive against the bigger teams such as man city such as liverpool such as well chelsea kind of you know if that's what needs to be done then so be it you know i I want that because i'm tired of seeing such mediocrity from the club that i love i want to see us get back to our 2016 form we were Truly being competitors for the Premier League, and when the team actually looked like they gave a shit about being at the club and playing for the club, and you know, I want to get back to that, no matter what it takes. Um, so hopefully, 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 good things are over the horizon. But uh, looking forward to this game against Arsenal, um, I'm hoping for a great result. I hope that you know, if we do e- lose or or come away with a draw, I hope that we at least put in a good performance and score at least one goal to show that we we aren't just going to like lay back and and let the them take what they want from us
0: again the north london derby between arsenal and tottenham takes place on sunday at 11 a.m we also have the manchester derby taking place this weekend manchester city and manchester united i used my last free bet from the FanDuel. what do you call it promos that are going on for yeah. the the Newly legalized sports betting in Ohio. Okay. And I, I used the last one on Manchester United to win. I'm not super confident in it, but, you know, can you give me something to make me feel good about Manchester United and and why they might be able to beat Manchester City this weekend?
2: Sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, Manchester United, well, obviously when you're going against Manchester City, that's always a a, a huge wall to climb over. Uh, with the likes of Erling Holland up front. And, you know, like, I mean, every single player on that team seems to consistently be firing, even the younger players who are like, right, like, you know, rising up from the ranks. And it just seems like such a well oiled machine. But Manchester United have been on a very great run of form lately. Um, the acquisition of Casemiro has completely revolutionized <coughs> that team. And their defense seems actually pretty solid, even with, I mean, notice how no one really jokes about Harry Maguire anymore because like their defense has definitely gotten a revamp. And I think also with Eric 10 Hag coming in, he's brought a new mentality to the club and with Ronaldo leaving, maybe a lot of the players are feeling like a weight has been lifted off their, their shoulders. Um, and they're able to play in a little more freely and kind of be more themselves rather than, you know, being like a podium for Ronaldo to kind of like, you know, stand on, um, I, I think Manchester United, they're playing like a totally revamped, energized club. Um, so I, I do think it'll be a really good game against they'll they'll definitely get Manchester City a good fight. A hundred percent. There's no I don't see it being any kind of like blowout from either side. Um, I definitely could see a draw coming out of this, maybe like a one one draw, um, hopefully like a two two, you know, some more goals, more action. Um, I do think early Holland will score. I do think he will score. Um, so it's going to be kind of up to United to show that resiliency that their club is so historically backed on and uh, fight back and, and come away with a draw or even a win. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a good chance that, that your money will be well spent there. Also gamble responsibly, please. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think it's a safe semi safe bet.
3: It should be a good game. Looking forward to it. I think it would be like knowing how close the title race is between City and Arsenal. It would be like a very important game for City. And, you know, that kind of game that you should not let sleep away. And especially when, you know, like early in the season, you could have said that it would have been an easy game for City. But, you know, you mentioned Ronaldo leaving. You mentioned um, not joking about Maguire anymore. This Man United team uh starting from january is 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 a way way more serious than they were uh early in the season so it could be like a real trap for city and we thing a match you know that they shouldn't take easy and 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 go as if they were playing arsenal final because honestly this might be this is a game for city uh like uh you know later in the season yeah
0: yeah Going back to the Harry Maguire thing, I think part of the reason why the jokes aren't being made so much anymore is because he's also not really playing at all.
2: Yeah, that's true. And actually, as as Evan as you as you we were talking, I realized I was like, well, actually, hang on.
3: <laughs> well, he a bit more of a reason. He played. He played well during the woke Cup. So, yeah, he played really well.
2: Yeah, no, he does well for England. It's just for whatever reason he goes. He goes back to Manchester and he just his legs become noodles. To but Raphael Varane and Lisandro Martinez have been a really really great pairing for United this yep. season, it's been proven to be a very solid pairing. Raf- Rafael Varan seems to be finally getting into his groove at Manchester United. I know he kind of had a, ro- a rocky start, um, yeah. but he's starting to prove he's starting to show his pedigree a little more. Um, no, and like I said, Lissandra Martinez is a, such a rock solid defender as well, even though he's he's a bit of a shorty. It's really
3: interesting to see how different Manchester United is from how they they used to look last season and, and in September and October, like. You know, something happened. I don't know. It's about like the atmosphere or something. You know, like that click between the coach and the players. But you know, it's it's very it's a very different Manchester United team than the one we used to have so far. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Erik ten Hag has a lot to uh, has a lot to do with yeah.
2: United's
1: uh, increase in form for sure. Definitely. Last last thing I'll add to the Manchester United thing and Emilio's bet is some good news. Marcus Rashford. I think has seven goals in his last seven games for United. Yeah, Marcus Rashford has been
2: on fire. Yeah, like he had a really good World Cup too. But yeah, yeah, he's been absolutely on fire. Yeah, and I'm really happy to see that too because I like Marcus Rashford a lot. Unfortunately, Erling Holland has had a week and a half (laughs) of relaxing, so he's going to be eager to score some goals. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, I, I do think Erling Holland will score, but just like just. Same on the other end of the spectrum as well. I do think Marcus Rashford will score as well, so that's why I say I think a, a draw is the most likely scenario coming out of this. Um, but uh, I I
1: think I think United have a really good chance of
2: walking away with three points on this one.
1: Wow! Oh, Did uh, Morgan on the podcast just say hey, Marcus Rashford is is as good as early Holland? No 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 no, no! no! no!
2: no! 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 Flip that Amelia! I did not say <laughs> that. Flip that Amelia! I did. Don't don't Cliff put it in my mouth. No! No! <laughs> but I do think that given the recent form from both players, I think it's equally likely that they will both get on the score sheet. <laughs> nice try! Nice try,
1: great! Nice try! Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right. Moving back to Tottenham though, a Tottenham legend oh, yeah. has officially retired
2: international and club football. Gareth Bale, no more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's, 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 you'll, you'll see him on the, on the golf field, golf <laughs> green, whatever you call it. Yeah, man. It's... Well, I mean, what, what, what can you say about Gareth Bale? I mean, that, that man, he, he helped me fall in love with Tottenham. You know, he started out at Southampton uh, as a left, as a left back, uh, which is so funny. And that wasn't really working out for him. And so he was moved over to the right wing and he just absolutely exploded onto the scene. was it on the right wing. Is that where he was playing mainly? Yeah, he was playing right wing. Yeah. 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 Right wing. Yeah, man. He just kind of exploded onto the scene and, you know, you see a lot of great players come and go, but very rarely do you see a player that comes onto the scene with such force, you know, like he just, he commanded respect from, his teammates, even though he was so young and he commanded respect from his opponents as well, because he was just so inevitable. You know, there was a time at Tottenham where we had both Gareth Bale and Luka Modric on the same team, which is really nutty to think about, you know? And uh, what are the odds they both went to Real Madrid and ended up winning everything. But yeah, man, Gareth Bale, you know, he won, I think, what did he win? Like five champions leagues. I mean, just absolutely insane. Unfortunately, you know, he didn't really do much on the international stage, but it was very commendable to see the desire and the love he had for his country. He loved to wear that whale shirt, man. That that's like his number one love in the world besides golf, you know? So, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's good to look back on a career like his and and really be able to appreciate it uh, for, for what it was and and the kind of player that he was and just how talented he was. Um, So yeah, man, forever a legend,
3: Gareth Bale. To add a little bit on Bale, I think it it will be always a little bit sad, you know, to see how his career ended. Uh, You know, he didn't have the results uh, we expected from a player like him. Uh, But I think, yeah, you know, he's a great legend. I think we all retains uh, his time in Tottenham and and Madrid. Uh, Me more personally, Madrid, because I was a little bit young when he was playing in Tottenham. Uh, But I also remember, you know, for example, the goal he scored uh, in the Champions League final against Liverpool. Um, amazing goal, and and I think you know when you say it was inevitable. I think what I really really remember about Bale is is like, you know, physically and technically. You know, he's he's you know, he's tall, fast, uh, muscular. You know, he. Like the balls stuck to his feet and, and also, the you know, the power he's putting in his shots. So that, you know, that's why I remember Bacarabé, you know, very imple- impressive player to watch on that right wing. Um, and also, as you said, you know, the love for the Welsh jersey. So, yeah, you know, I think we expected him to be better in clubs uh, at the end of his career. But, uh, you know, whatever, I think he will always be a great legend of, of, of European and, and international football. Uh, for whatever he did and I think yeah it's uh, it's kind of sad to see him leaving yeah
1: I always remember Gareth Bale by the uh, sounds like he died by the way like I don't remember Gareth Bale but uh,
2: <laughs> I'll never forget
1: that, that yeah that goal he where he rounded Sergio Berto. Uh, in the, I think it was the semifinals of Copa del Rey, but yeah, yeah, it just terrorized me, that's burnt into my brain, ingrained in there forever Um, but yeah, this is probably the most Gareth Bale way to go out, kind of relaxed with LAFC all year, and then shows up in the final, scores a goal, walks off with a trophy, Literally. I mean, that's, that was Gareth Bale's career, not at yeah. Tottenham, but everywhere else he went, but yeah, not at Tottenham, but yeah, everywhere else he went <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, you guys said Gareth Bale Luka Modric and then you had Kane coming through the ranks mm-hmm. end up with uh, Alder Verald and Vertonghen who were yep. for Kyle Walker for their time Kyle Walker yeah um, Trippier was there too right Trippier was there I'm Yep. Like, yeah no you're right you're
2: 100% right Trippier was one of my favorite players to watch at Tottenham I loved him yeah. Um, yeah I'm sorry
0: all right that'll do it for us today thanks for tuning in to another episode of the starting 11 and we'll catch you guys next time